0: going to take a hiatus uh, from our study in the book of Acts, just a one-week hiatus, and uh, we're going to dig into some various uh, verses throughout scripture in Ephesians and Romans, and and maybe we'll even go to to some others. I think Psalm is in there as well. Um, And it was a perfect time uh, to welcome Darnell here uh, as we had an opportunity a week week off uh, in our study of the book of Acts. So we're going to go to the book of Ephesians, the first chapter. Again, we're going to be at several different places. For the first, first book of the chapter, or of the whole uh, first chapter of the book, and we're going to start with the first verse. Very important to understand that what Paul is writing to Ephesians, to, uh, to the people uh, here, is he's writing to believers he's writing to people that trust in Jesus Christ as their lord and savior. Ephesians chapter 1 starting with verse 1. Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints there's there's believers who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Again, he reiterates these this is to believers. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Let's go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, bless our time. May you be honored by all that we say, all that we think about even. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I just have five quick points, and we'll get us out of here. Five quick points that I see uh, about um, all of us being orphans. We're all orphans in in some fashion. And then I'll give some final thoughts at the very end. First and uh, and foremost, the first point, uh, everyone in this world, every single person in this world became an orphan the moment that you sinned. That's the first point. The moment you sinned. Sin is anything that offends the holiness of God Almighty. Each person, infant or adult, stands guilty before God. Psalm 51 verse 5. David says, "Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me." Romans 3:23. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The moment Adam and Eve took of the forbidden fruit and ate of it, and sinned against God, They became orphans. They became orphans. And from that point forward, the seed of man passed on has never produced anyone who could honor God Almighty. What it took was himself. took the Holy Spirit passing on the seed uh, to, to Mary. To make her great with child. For perfection to happen. For God to be pleased with a man. Matthew chapter 3, right after Jesus was baptized, God says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We are all orphans. Our second point is that adoption is based on God's eternal plan. Adoption is based... On God's eternal plan. And and I was just saying, Jesus did not have to be adopted. Jesus never required that. He was never an orphan. He was, is, and always will be perfect and holy and righteous. However, you and I, we are not. This is important for us to understand. We are not holy. We are not perfect. We are all guilty of sin. We are all left hopeless, helpless, and, and alone if we didn't know better. But many of us do know better. Adoption has always been plan A from God. It has never been uh, a, um, a secondary plan. Before the, the creation of God, of the world before creation of anything. God was there, and he understood who man was. He understood the fall. He understood sin, and he understood the perfect plan of Jesus and the adoption process that we needed as orphans. Verse 4 in Ephesians says, He chose us in him before the foundation of the world before the foundation of the world, before anything, God understood that the only way, the only way that we could become rightful heirs to to his kingdom was that we needed to be adopted. We had to be adopted. Are you understanding what I'm saying here? Every single person in this world, every single person... is an orphan yes we see stats that there are millions and millions of of children without a parent or without two parents that are considered orphans in this world we know that we appreciate that we love that but i am here to tell you that there are over seven billion people in this world today that are also orphans here's a chart jacob According to last night, there are 7,659,667,110 people in the world. That number changes every second. You go to the, that website that shows all the populations and, and how the births and the deaths are going. I don't know how they calculate that or where they're getting their data from. These are the top 20 countries by population. Interesting, Ethiopia was number 12. I did not realize that. United States, I believe, is three, right? Yep, 327 million people. Every single person there, all 7.65 billion people are orphans. That's what I'm trying to explain today. I wanted to show those big numbers. That's a lot of orphans. A lot of orphans. You can go to the next one, Jacob. And each one of them is needing to be adopted. We talk about it, Darnell just mentioned it. There are are millions of children that that don't have anyone advocating for them that need to be adopted. I'm telling you, even more importantly, those 7.65 billion people need to be adopted. Absolutely crucial. Each person is hungry, and crying, and helpless. Each person is dead in their trespasses and sins. Each person are by nature children of wrath. 7.65 billion people. I'm telling you as a fact. This is what scripture teaches. These people... And all the people before them and all the people in the future are lost. They're orphans. And they need a heavenly father. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, this is our third point. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, trust in that Jesus Christ lived a perfect life, that he lived an absolute perfect life, that he, that he went to the cross because of your sins and that he died, and that he was raised again on the third day, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you, my friend, are adopted. You're adopted. Romans 8, 16 through 17 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. One pastor put it, Before the creation of the world and before we existed, God looked on us in our need. And he looked upon his son, crucified and risen, as the all-sufficient atonement for our sin. And because of that, he chose us to be holy and blameless. And to that end, he predestined us for adoption. It happened before the creation of the world. But let me tell you, If you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, if you do not love Jesus Christ, if you do not follow Jesus Christ, if you do not humble yourself before him as your king, then you are still an orphan. Scripturally speaking, realistically speaking, you're an orphan. You are without a heavenly father. You do not have an inheritance. Nothing is due to you. Because there's no one who is advocating for you. It's a great word. Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, we learned in the book of, of Acts at the beginning, he ascended to heaven, sits on the right hand of God, and he advocates for the believers. If you do not trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He is not advocating for you. But if you can hear this, if you're hearing my voice right this minute, whether on audio later on or sitting right here, then you still have the opportunity to welcome Jesus into your life. He stands at the door and knocks. Anyone who hears His voice can come to him. He's the great shepherd, the great healer. Fellow believers, our adoption is not based on our work. That's the next point. Our adoption isn't based on our looks. That wouldn't work out well for me. It's not based on our personalities or our pocketbooks, or our geographical location. It's not based on our family history. It's not based on our education. It's not based on if we have a disability or we don't have a disability. Romans 5, 6 says, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Our adoption was given to us not because of anything that we have done, I could not earn my way to my adoption. I could not pay my way. I could not scheme my way. I could not fake my way. You know, some of us do that. Maybe here. Maybe you, you, you act one way in front of your family, but in front of your friends, you're completely different. Or in front of your church family, oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're doing great stuff. But in your real life, in your private life, you're rebellion because you don't care. You just want to be accepted by multiple groups, and that's what you do. You blow in the wind. Some of us may give to certain things because we think that it pleases God, and and, and that will get us to heaven. If we give enough, if we do enough... I heard one Christian... Uh, One Christian told me about four or five days ago. She said, that man, when he goes to heaven and he's standing at the gate, they're going to just open the gates up and let him right in because of all the good stuff that he's done for people. Friends, I'm telling you, that is not biblical. That's not good theology. You can do everything for God. From a world standpoint, you can do everything for people. You can adopt 7,000 kids and start three other adoption agencies and five orphanages around the world, and it's not enough. There's only one thing that you need to do it's bow your knee before Jesus Christ and say, I am nothing, you are everything. That is how you get adopted. You just sit at the mercy of God and say, it's all about you. It's nothing about me. You have to be sinless in order to get into the kingdom. You have to be holy to get into the kingdom. And you can't. You cannot do that. But Jesus Christ died for you. And because of that perfect sacrifice. Now, when God looks upon you as one adopted, you are become a rightful heir. And he sees Jesus Christ in you. And you reflect his love. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we are considered righteous and able to enter the kingdom with our Father. Romans 4, 5. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. We became orphans when we sinned. Therefore, we needed to be adopted. It's been God's plan forever, for all eternity. And if you trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are officially adopted with his family. And you are heirs with Jesus. This isn't because you're good enough. It's not because you are smart enough. It's because of the mercy that God has provided us. Our last point and then some final thoughts. I told you it was going to be short and sweet. Adoption is for God's glory, not our glory. Ephesians Chapter 1 again, verses 5 and 6. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. The entire goal, the absolute entire goal of our adoption is so that God could be glorified. The glor- glorification of God the Father His Son, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, that's what it's about. God's grace is is, is what we should be rejoicing over. Too many times we rejoice over someone being saved. We rejoice over the salvation. What we should rejoice over is what God did in order for us to be saved. The wonderful gift of Jesus Christ. It's all about God's glory. It's not about ours. We are just thankful and happy and joyful, and we should rejoice because we get to be considered heirs with Jesus Christ. Our focus has to be on what God has done for us. Romans 11, For from him and through him and to him are all things, to him be glory forever. One author put it this way, we are adopted by God not so that we will rejoice that God made much of us. We are adopted by God so that we will enjoy making much of God's grace as our father forever. We are adopted so that in this family, the father and the unique elder son, Jesus Christ, will be the source and focus of all our joy. What a great thing to rejoice over. We are sinners, therefore we're orphans. Adoption is is the process, is our process to being with God the Father. Adoption is only possible for people that follow Jesus Christ. Adoption is not obtained by our deeds. Nope. It's a... Obtained by the love of Jesus Christ. And all of this is done for God's glory. To him be the glory forever. So some final thoughts. From a guy who's been adopted by Jesus Christ. And a a father who has adopted children. Sherry and I, we adopted our two sons, Jacob and Reggie. Friends, it was not for our own glory. It was for the glory of our King. Jesus Christ was the center of our decision-making when we were going through this process. We didn't think it was going to be easy. We didn't think it was going to be something cool. We didn't think we were going to get prizes or awards for doing this process but we did believe that we were called to adopt these two young men by Jesus Christ and we wanted him to have the glory and as we raise these two boys and as we raise our three biological daughters as well our goal is not to make it about them our goal is to make everything about him, about Jesus Christ. We've had some difficult times uh, as parents. Some of that caused by Sherry and I trying to figure out what this thing called parenthood is, and some of it caused by rebellion of sinful children, sinful people, which I've already identified as is, is every single person in history. What Sherry and I continue to do is we try to take the compass and we try to keep pointing it towards Jesus Christ and and try to um though we celebrate good grades, we celebrate uh getting a first job, we celebrate a, a kid holding a door for a, a lady walking into a store. We celebrate uh sports and 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 other wonderful things. The real aim, the real aim is that we can, we can aim them towards being adopted by God the Father. We want them to be adopted. Yes, Jacob and Reggie were adopted in this world, but we don't care about that when it comes down to it. It is way more important that they are adopted by Jesus Christ. That, that is the whole focus of jesus christ and i said it over and over and over in the second semester of teaching the book of acts our entire mission as believers in jesus christ is to make disciples of all nations and that is what we want to do as husband and wife as a mother and a father we want to teach our five children to be disciples of jesus christ so that they can teach their children to be disciples of jesus christ and their children's children I don't care how good of grades my kids get, I don't care uh, how, how great they look, I don't care what, they, what kind of accolades they get, the only accolade that I want is that they are nothing and that Jesus is everything. That is our whole focus in adopting two boys and having three other children biologically. Our five children, we love them like crazy but we do not want to give them great self-esteem and let them go to hell. We want to teach them about Jesus Christ and that that is the only thing when you're considered a winner. That is it. If we can lead them to the feet of Jesus Christ, we are champions in that process of being a parent. The day we received our, our first email about adoption. November 23rd, it was a Tuesday afternoon, 2.36 p.m. I confirmed it yesterday, reviewed it, just to make sure. This picture, go back, Jacob. Is Jacob not there anymore? He left us. Molly, can you walk back there and just turn it back to Reggie? picture. That's the picture Sherry and I received. Abenet Gurma. That was the name that we got. A a two-and-a-half-year-old boy. Abenet Gurma. It was a great moment in time. Sherry and I, we thought he was the most beautiful young man in the world at that moment. You guys know some of our story. Uh, we didn't uh, know that we were going to be allowed to adopt two children until several, a couple months after this, when when Jacob, uh, when we were able to adopt, J- add Jacob to the adoption process as well. Reggie was not perfect. He wasn't flawless. We didn't have to give him a a specific test to see if he passed uh, to be good enough for. Sherry and me. What we didn't know is Reggie was dying at this very moment when this picture was taken. He had multiple parasites living inside of him, eating them from the inside out. Yet, we traveled 7,500 miles and freely gave our love to him. Not even questioning if he should do something back for us. Not asking if, if, if he could give us something. Or in the future, can you do this for us? Nope. Our love was given absolutely free. It was an example of mercy. Example of, of what God does for us freely. There's nothing little Abenet Germa could do for us. But we gave our love freely, just as Christ gave his love freely. And when our boys came back from home from Ethiopia in Auburn, Indiana, they came to our family as fully children. Fully children of ours. Allie, Maddie, Jacob, Molly, and Reggie. That's our birth order of our family. And we love them, and we love them today just as our normal children because they are all normal children to us. And guess what? We discipline them just like all of our children. And that's the same with God. He disciplines us. He trains us. He guides us. He loves us. That's why we have to be adopted by God. We need him. Some of us have these parasites living inside of us, and that parasite is sin that's eating us from the inside out. And we are in need of a savior. And I'm not saying that Sherry and I are saviors. I'm saying Jesus Christ is the savior. In order to adopt us, God had to go through much pain. He had to give up his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. In order for adoption to happen, he had to give up Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you what, adoption is a difficult task in this world as well. Many people adopt children in this world, and they do it with their eyes not fully open. They do it thinking it's going to be just a, a great experience. That's going to be easy and simple. That's going to be flawless. But just like having children of your own biologically, it takes an entire lifetime to learn how to rear children and to, to go through all of the difficulties in this life. It is tough work but we embrace the difficulties. We embrace the challenges for one reason, for the sake of Jesus Christ. That's why we deal with things in this life as believers in Jesus Christ, not just raising children, not just adopting, but just dealing with life. You you think of the father over at Indian Creek, what he's dealing with. Even this morning, losing one of his twin daughters Seniors in high school, when their life is totally in front of them, our only hope was that there was an adoption process prior to that. And we cling to that. This life is not about us as parents. It's not about our children. It's not about Allie, Maddie, Molly, Jacob, Reggie. Our life isn't about ourselves. Our life is about Jesus Christ. We adopt because we've been adopted by a perfect father. We love because we were first loved by Jesus Christ. Praise to the king.